He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, August 16, 2022. Hope you had a great weekend. I hope you have a big week in store. Happy birthday to my juggling instructor whose birthday was yesterday, August 15th. Shout out to him. I hope the balls are in the air and the rabbit's being pulled, <laughs> pulled out of the hat. Happy birthday if you listen to this, my juggling instructor. Uh, I love you and appreciate all you have done for me in my life. Everyone else, happy birthday to you as well. Uh, what can I tell you? A lot to get, does it sound like an official program? We have a lot to get to tonight. Uh, we do have a lot to get to. We have an update from 15 versus underscore. Sorry, 15 underscore versus underscore 15 has checked in. There are comics who are chiming in. There are people who have emailed the podcast to talk about losing parents at a young age. I'm very excited to delve into all of that. Uh, I have a bunch of shows this week. Limerick is tonight, of course, Tuesday night. Wednesday, I'm at the Laughing Skull. Thursday, I'm in Stone Mountain, Georgia with uh, fucking, how about this lineup? I'm doing a show for Damon Oakley, and the lineup is me, Storm Artiste, and Jen Thomas. So, <laughs> your boy better come strong, or don't come at all, because those two women level every time, and I'm going to get in where I fit in. Also, that reminds me of making that trek out there to that famous landmark. You know how words are used differently across the country, like... In certain parts of the country, the word is called soda, or it's called pop, or in the South, it's called Coke, or Coke. I don't know why I said it with that accent. A soda here, a pop there, a Coke, and they're all the same. They're just regional tongues, and I can't remember which is which. I know uh, Pennsylvania talks a certain way, the Midwest talks a certain way. Well, it's interesting how those words mean different things or the same thing across the country. Like where I'm from, California, we, uh, we call sheetrock drywall. And in the South, sheetrock is what you call stone mountain. <laughs> Does that make sense? Because of the Klansian tendencies and the heroes of the confederacy sheetrock maybe i'll try that on uh maybe i'll try that on my show with damon oakley and jen thomas and storm artiste on thursday friday i am at the laughing skull lounge saturday i'm at the laughing skull lounge so it's gonna be a really fun week i had a blast over the weekend with ian bag what a monster those of you who uh been keeping tabs and, and a couple people listen to the podcast came up to me and said, hey, we're here at the Punchline because you're here and we listen to the podcast, and I fucking appreciate that. So thank you very much, and tell your friends across the country that I'm going to be moving around a little more nationally and would love their support as well. So I appreciate the people that came up and said they listened to the podcast. God, is Ian a monster? And we did 
five shows, eight and ten on Friday, and then six, eight, and ten on Saturday. The eight o'clock Saturday was sold out. The eight o'clock Friday was almost sold out, and both the six and the tens were great shows. Normally, you know, not only say normally, sometimes they can be a little un unreliable, but uh, they were they were all really fun. Ian's a super nice guy. He is so good at what he does. It's not just for the untrained eye. It's not just crowd work. There are bits that he's moving in and bits that he's working through, but it's at that level where you almost can't tell. And that's to me what the artist is. He, is he doing crowd work? Is he doing crowd work to get into a bit? Is he fucking around? Is it, it's, and the bottom line is it's all being orchestrated by him. And he is so quick. And lo and behold, he's not drinking on stage, which probably really helps him be so clear uh, of mind and able to pull incredible associations in, in a nanosecond. It's like watching Google kind of return a search result. When you know something happens in the room, he has a response for it. And also, very nice guy and just loves the game and uh, had, a, had a blast. The show's really fun. So thank you, Punchline, for having me back in your hollowed, <clears throat> within your hollowed walls. It was, it was really fun. Catherine Blanford was on the show. It was good to gaslight her <laughs> all weekend. And uh, you know, we, had a, we had a good time. And then, uh, you know, Sunday morning at the crack. What time is it? Neighborhood boy asked me. Neighborhood boy who asked, actually asked me the the son of us of somebody i told you a couple couple was it last year who knows with the pandemic he was the one who asked me to show him how to juggle and uh i saw him the other day and he asked me what time it was and i pulled one out of my uh childhood and said it's half past a monkey's ass quarter to his balls lift up his legs and see niagara falls and he laughed heartily because that's all I want to do. I just want to, I just, uh, the, the politics with him can come later. <laughs> I'm not trying to change the way he thinks. I just want to hit. I just want jokes that make people laugh. Uh, and that worked for him. Anyway, and he's like, you're an adult man. I'm like, I know. This is, this is us. This is who we are. I also would like to thank you for letting me get my act together because on I think it was the last podcast I was trying to get my act together talking about the guy on a Teams call who's always telling you, hey, bro, you're on mute. I know you're, you're on mute, dude. And, and, and like needing just a nanosecond to have a physiological response. And I said, you know, this is not the best idea, but I believe in this thing. I think it's true. I think it's funny. I think it'll generalize. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I opened with it on at least two of the shows. And it worked. So really, so I appreciate that. I appreciate you letting me get my act together because the the bit is going to have some life to it, I think. And then I extended to like, you know, the guy just sort of rifted out on stage, which you're not really supposed to do all the time on your first goddamn joke on an 8 o'clock sold out show on a Saturday night. But there we were. Um, that's what's the best about comedy and is when you you feel like you feel like you 
I don't know. When you feel you, you have to have swagger, you have to have confidence. And when you feel it, it's like, fuck it, this is funny. I'm just going to tell them this is funny. And they're like, yeah, that's funny, dude. Thank you. So probably would not have been able to get to where it was without you listening. And also, I got another one on Saturday morning when uh, all three of us, not just my daughter, but my wife and I went to the farmer's market, three of us, the tripod, and we went to get some bread and eggs. By the way, one of the legendary early characters in this podcast life was Eggman. You remember when there was nothing going on, COVID shut everything down, but still go up to farmer's market and Eggman at Grateful Pastures from Mansfield, Georgia would be so nice to stoop and sell me $10 eggs. And then the Eggman got somebody's eggs fertilized and then he had a little child and then he started his own little uh, endeavor called No Mad Hens. Get it? No Mad Hens. Well, apparently he either bought out or took over the egg part of Grateful Pastures from Mansfield, Georgia, and they don't fucking sell eggs anymore. So now at Farmer's Market, there's no egg man, and there's no eggs at that stall. And you know who else is still there? That guy you also remember from the podcast who just sells all his eggs, but fucking keeps his stand there. So when I walk up to him, I'm like, I'm like this motherfucker, it's like, it's like asking someone if they're single or can I buy you a drink. Like, you know the answer is not the one you want to hear. But you fucking have to ask the question anyway, even though you're leading yourself into a bit of a uh, water splash in the face of humiliation. I know this cox. I know this guy does not have any eggs. <laughs> right? Get the entendre of cock and eggs. He does not have any eggs. And I said to him, but I was like, all right, dude. You're, I said, you're out of eggs, right? That's how I put it. You're out of eggs. And he goes, yeah, I am, bro. Then why don't you pack up your shit and drive back to wherever you came from? And like I've told you on the podcast before, because I know what he's doing, he just stays there and flexes. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm the egg man now. I have the market cornered. I have this corner, Eggman the other, I ran the other Eggman off. I'm just going to sit here and tell people I don't have any eggs and let them know my swag. I did what I was supposed to do. Who's trying to fuck? I think that's what he's really trying to do. So we went to Farmer's Market. I actually found another dude who I loathe to support his business because when the pandemic was raging out of control he was one of those guys who never learned that uh, you also can breathe through your nose so he wore his mask only over his lips which is you know a typical chicken owner uh, I bought a dozen eggs from him for only for a song $8.50 and fifty cents a song relative to uh, the former Eggman. So Grateful Pastures, I, I don't know what I can buy from you anymore, but uh, I appreciate that our relationship has endured as long as it has, and I wish you and the Eggman uh, best of success with no mad hens. How did we end up talking about Farmer's Market on Saturday? Because I think I got another little bit. I mean, it's silly, as they all are. 
but I saw someone and, and she was kind of walking, dare I say, I don't want to say provocatively toward me, but she was walking with like a, it was her swag. You know, she was, she was feeling it and she was wearing a t-shirt that said virginity rocks. Virginity rocks. And I was like, oh yeah, that's what I called my balls in high school. Actually, they were more like, uh, you know, pebbles. Anyway, I thought it was pretty funny. Because <laughs> I'm nine. And uh, set it on stage, and it worked. I saw someone today wearing a t-shirt that said, and I didn't pull I didn't drop it in the middle of the set out of the blue. There's a point uh, in one of my bits where I make reference to someone who's had sex, and I said, you know, I actually saw a t I saw someone wearing a t-shirt today that said virginity rocks. And I, and I had a bit of a flashback because in high school, uh, that's what I called my balls. <laughs> yeah, it's very childish and very boyish, but, uh, you know, sometimes that's where the laugh is. And then it dawned on me, you know what? I actually lost my virginity to someone named Karen. And now I have a little kind of bit about that. And they're not all bad. And, you know, entitled. I mean, she was entitled. She was entitled to, she was entitled to have sex with me. Everyone at, anyone in the world was entitled to have sex with me when I was 15 years old. And so I don't really, she was no different than anyone else. But as far as like privilege, I doubt it. Uh, so, uh, virginity rocks. You can. I'm not. I'm. I'm now. You know what I am. I'm. I'm a pun comic. Anyway, the show's really fun. Uh, if you're a comic and you think something's funny, just fucking say it with confidence. Well, how do you say it with confidence? If you really believe it's funny, then you just tell them. I guess. I don't know. It was fun, and uh, I felt myself over the weekend. To of course, totally inspired by Ian, just murdering. Ian Bag just killing. Totally inspired. Uh, my, my brain felt fertile. Uh, not fertile. Is my brain fertile? Part of it was fertile, and then part of it was like tilling the, the, the material. Like, just fell into something about, I, I called some dude who had a goatee on, and I called him the bigger Lebowski. And the crowd liked that, and then this lady, and I said something like, well, you clearly married up, or just some hack shit like that. And the woman was like, yes, he did. Thank you very much. Like, she was fucking hot. But you know what? She wasn't. <laughs> to me. She was to him. Because they're married and they're loving in a loving relationship. And I'm fucking around at, you know, 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. But I started telling him, like, actually, what I meant, he has outkicked his coverage, as they say, right? And this guy really, out I'm like, he outkicked his coverage and was kind of going in on that, like, you know, the ball sailed into the end zone, the referee's waving his hands, flags all over the place, that sort of thing. But when the woman said, she was like, she had some little sass to her. And she hadn't been nice to me the whole set. She was kind of up and down. Everybody else in the room, of course, loved me. But she was a little, she was a little stone-faced, like sitting in the front with like, like a, she reminded me of like a, 
like a seventh grade teacher or somebody, but who'd been teaching for too long. She didn't, she wasn't radiating warmth and joy like the bigger Lebowski was. He was having the time of his life. So when I said he married up, just to continue to fuck with him because he liked it so much, she made it seem like she was the hottest person in the world. And I guarantee you, she wasn't. I didn't say anything more than that. I didn't say that either. But I'm telling you, the listener, this woman was not the most attractive woman. (laughs) And I kind of resented the fact that she was not really into me when everybody else was. She was in, she was like up and down, like joke, laugh, 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 close, up, 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 close. She was not trying to have a sustained good time as other people were. (laughs) Or I need to write better jokes and be a better performer. In any case, the fact that she was not enamored with me as I felt the majority of other people were, and that sounds like an asshole thing to say, I'm just saying she was a little more of a lemon than everybody else. How about that? That when that combined with the Lebowski letting me fuck with him a little bit, when she said, like, you're damn right he did, or some whatever sort of sass she gave me, I just, it came out, I was like, well, yes he did, but it really didn't have anything to do with you. <laughs> but I already had the crowd, so they were laughing. I'm saying, because really, what I'm trying to say is, I'm not saying you're not attractive, I'm saying everybody is out of your husband's league. Does that make sense? (laughs) Comedy is the fucking best. Being an asshole on stage to people who understand you're making jokes is the best. So it was really fun watching Ian. And uh, just I felt like my brain was active and uh, energized. And part of that, like I said, was you all allowing me to uh, run through the... um, run through the uh, mute guy. All right, so I, I want to get to, I said we have a lot to get to, and I, I've already stumbled around here. What I want to do is I want to uh, read a couple emails that I uh, got and uh, let you know what's happening, Peter. But I also will tell you while I'm here, tonight's Limerick Junction, Limerick Comedy, who is on the show? Uh, Alice Watley. Alice has been on the show before. I believe it's Huntsville, but she's from Alabama. Alice Watley. Karen Felix, one of my favorites. Gwen Evans, whose birthday it is, come say hello, is going to be on the show. Anna Bianco, a New York comic down uh, from New York, is going to be on the show. So Alice Watley, Karen Felix, Gwen Evans, uh, Anna Bianco. Shauna Goddamn Godkindy is going to be on the show. This is a ridiculous lineup. And there's still are two more comics. Katie Hughes. Katie Hughes is one of the best comics you'll see, and she has a terrific album called Queen of the Castle, if you have opportunity to check that out. But who's closing out the show? Who is closing? I mean, Alice, Karen, Gwen, Anna, Shawnick, Katie. Who's closing out the show? It's almost, dare I say, the co-host of this podcast, Brent Starr. The man whose voice you can hear at the beginning saying, what's the name of that dumb little thing where you go into the basement and fucking talk a lot to yourself 
while you're freezing and it's 90 degrees outside. Brent Starr. It is going to be a fun show. So if you're in Atlanta, come over and say hello. You know where it is, 822 North Highland Avenue. So I want to read. I will, I'll tell you what I'll do. For those of you who are so connected to 15 underscore versus underscore 15, I will hold his communication until the end. But what I will do is read um, the emails that I got, and I'm so grateful for you all writing in at yesjoesmith at gmail.com, including that uh, comic who I mentioned last time I was going to do some misogyny (laughs) material, and the fact that uh, she was a comic who wrote in and said she was new. Sorry, I'm taking a drink of my ice water. She was the comic who wrote in and that I discussed in the last podcast. She wrote in and said that um, she didn't like the double standard of an open mic that she went to. The host uh, checked one type of behavior but not the other, uh, including some apparently misogynist material. And then this woman who wrote in said she didn't notice the misogyny. And I was like, that's my kind of woman. You just don't notice it. You just get on with the day. Uh, And then I said, you know, I'm going to do some bullshit at uh, Punchline. Come over, say hello, and we'll do misogynist jokes together. I'm fucking around, right? Anyway, she wrote in and said, thanks for inviting me to the Punchline this weekend. I'd take you up on it, except I have a booked gig tonight and tomorrow night. And I was like, hell yes. So that means she was booked Friday and Saturday night. She's only been doing comedy since... Uh, I don't know, whenever we said last time, January or something like that. And then she wrote a little bit more, so things are going well, and I appreciate the confidence boost. Well, I don't know what confidence boost I gave you. I just said have a little more, perhaps, uh, empathy for the mic host, but uh, I'm still enjoying the podcast, and I appreciate your thoughtful response to my last email. My pleasure, and... When you express just because I'm a comic and so we're going to be in insecure and defensive. When you say I'm still enjoying the podcast, it just this much makes me feel like you might not at any moment. And <laughs> and that's really just for the people who listened. That can apply to the people who listened early on in the podcast when it was dreadful. But maybe I'd say everything, something once, once in a while that was half interesting. Uh, but I'm still enjoying the podcast. Maybe it's a gesture of support, but it sounds a little bit like you're trying. To, <laughs> you're not trying to gaslight me, but I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast. So I got that nice note, and then I got a really, uh, really nice long email. <clears throat> excuse me from someone who is not a comic, I don't believe. For those of you who are joining for the first time, something I occasionally mention on the podcast is one of my goals is to be alive for my daughter's 30th birthday. And you might say that's ridiculous. Well, 
it's a long time away and I'm an old goddamn man and I wanted to make it to our 30th birthday but I'm I'm not at peace but I know that my daughter will be I fucking hope that she'll be alive that her life will be longer without me in it what am I trying to say put it into words dude my wife my wife <laughs> Borat's wife I hope I think my daughter if you know things go according to plan will be alive without her dad longer than she will be alive with him and when I go to a and I'm not doing it now but when I go to a sad heavy place it makes me sad and never regret or you know that my wife and I didn't have a child sooner but having a baby later in life there's a lot of good things that come with it but one of the realities is uh, she hopefully will be around a lot longer without us okay so I'm not I'm not spiraling here but it's something if you're new to the podcast that occasionally comes up but I mention it and I want people to write in and let me know right people particularly people who have lost parents at a young age and like I said when last time I asked about this any age is too young to lose a parent I think if, if you you know like your fucking parents and just let me know as someone who's going to who would be frankly fortunate to leave a 35 year old daughter on the planet you know um I don't know, it's just something I think about. Not every day, not every moment, I'm not bumming. But if you have perspective, and, and people do, uh, feel free to email me at yesjosmith@gmail.com and tell me what you think. Tell me what makes sense. Tell me what I should do. Tell me things that she's going to wonder about and need to know. I mean, I'll, I'll do my best to prepare her, obviously, but I want to hear your perspectives. So... This person writes in and says, Hello, uh, I hate that it took me forever to finally have time to sit down and listen, but I'm really enjoying the podcast a lot. Well, thank you very much. Exclamation mark, too. Thank you very much. I saw where you were asking listeners to write about their experiences losing a parent young. She said, and it's interesting because somebody else I mentioned on the podcast, podcast lost somebody at a young age. She said, uh, I lost my mom young as well. I was 15. Oh, my goodness. So she was 15 when she lost her mom. It's actually a statistic that I've taken notice of that quite a lot of creative people, slash especially women, actors, writers, singers, and a lot of comics have in common. So silver lining, even though it's a terrible situation, it does seem to foster quite a bit of success and creativity. I hope, I hope, I mean, I hope that it, uh, and to be clear, listener, I'm not talking that I'm a great dad. I'm just talking about the role of dad being gone, all right? It's not like she was lucky to know me. 
It's not like that. It's, it's like, you know, having some fucking asshole that she can call up and borrow 20 bucks from and, you know, sleep on his couch when she's sad or whatever. I hope she's never sad. Isn't that ridiculous? So, silver lining. Even though it's a terrible situation, it does seem to foster quite a bit of success and creativity. All right. I hope. I mean, I hope that's the data support that. She says, but I mean, we all know that challenge builds character and inspiration, not that we want our children to experience it regardless. Yeah, we're tracking. There's even a sketch comedy troupe called the Dead Parent Society that plays homage to this unfortunate circumstance. This other person said to her, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, that they are part of, quote, the Bambi Club. And I think that's fitting. I lost my mother when I was 15, and I'm a living example of the fear you expressed of at this point in my life, I am 33 years old, and I've lived more of my life without my mother than I did with her. Yes. This is, this is exactly what I'm talking about, and I'm so grateful that you wrote in. And you know what? You always have a home a safe forum, a, a place with me and with this podcast. So listeners, she's 33. She lost her mom at 15. She's lived more of her life without her mom than uh, she did with her. She says, I was also the youngest child and only girl in my family, and losing the only other feminine influence I had had a significant impact on me for good and bad. My mother died of a drug overdose, although not as theatrical as it sounds. It was an accident, bad medication interaction after a surgery, and very unexpected, so no one ever thought to be mindful of the possibility she might just be gone one day. It sounds like... Ugh. But to speak to your question... She said, referring to someone else that I, I asked a question of, what's your advice? She said, I would give you similar advice to make all the memories you can. Because if something were to happen, that will, that will be what she has. Sorry, I'm, there's some like uh, occasional capital letters creeping in here that makes it look like, have you ever tried to read German? <laughs> like, why is this word look like this and then there's a W fucking capitalized in the middle of the sentence in the middle of the word and why is there an F right next to it Wolfi. so let me start start that uh, sentence over I would give you similar advice to make all the memories you can because if something were to happen that will be what she has to use as a reference for the rest of her life for example, my mother died before she was able to meet any of her grandchildren or see me get married. So I have no idea how she would have reacted in any of those situations or what she might have said or any advice she would have given me. Because I didn't really have a ton of memories and conversations to pull from that. To pull from that could be similar or even relatable. So I say my advice is to basically live as though you do not assume they will remember you or remember what you wanted them to know just by living casually. This is so fucking deep and awesome. My advice, this is, this is the important point. 
do not you're saying do not assume my daughter will remember me or remember what I wanted them to know wanted her to know just by living so you're saying give her lots of you know, quotes and stop saying this is bullshit and have her repeat it. You're saying being intentional, like, like she, you know, she knows to try, right? I've told you before that one of the things that we've instilled very early on is try. I can't do it. How can you, how can you do it? You think I try. Okay. Try. So you mean like that, be a little more prescriptive. That's great fucking advice. Thank you. Uh, letter writer, because my wife and I counsel her and provide guidance, but because we are not trying to, we think we're not trying to coerce her into being anything, there probably are times where we're like, you know, let's let this fish figure it out over here. Let's let her flop around a little bit. But And, you know, my wife's better than I am, and of course, I probably am just like, oh, she'll figure it out. But you're saying, give her some instructions. I think that's that's a great tip, and I've actually thought about writing a book, a something, a guide of all the things I wished I wish I would have known at the age of 30 and I had no one to ask. Maybe you can tell me next time you write in person if you think that's a good idea because because uh, this is exactly what I need. Is I should give her explicit instructions like, you know, uh, always tip well. Let people merge in traffic. If someone... Let's their dog. If someone's dog shits on your front lawn, go and fucking rub the shit in their face. Like, just the basic things. Don't talk to the cops. Don't rat on your friends. That all all those important things. You're saying she's gonna need. She's gonna learn, right? If she has enough at bats with me, but I can't assume she will. So write them down. Write the important things down. I suppose is what you're saying. This is. So great. I'm very grateful you shared this with me. Live with purpose and mindfulness, which it sounds like you already do. Well, I don't know. But always tell her things you want her to know. Give, okay, give her advice you want her to have. Don't assume they will just know how you would feel about something if you have never told them or shown them. Yeah, so I anticipated the rest of this is, well, you made it so clear for me. Don't assume that she will know how I would feel about something. But let me ask you this. If I live my values strongly in front of her, will she, she'll be more inclined to know those, right? Was your, was your mom, I mean, if you, if you, I don't want to rake up old graves, but you've been so generous to write this in. If you'd like to talk about your relationship with your mom, I'd love to hear it just to see what works, what doesn't work, what we do, what we can do better. Uh, because I, I hope if I live my values strongly that I won't have to tell her all these things. But you're telling me, no, dude, you might actually fucking need to. And also, she's three and a half. But this is great. She says, of course, I miss, in all caps, I miss her very much. But the hardest part about growing up without my mother and now living as an adult without her is not really knowing her that well and not really knowing what she would do or say now. Not having that wisdom to draw from. 
I'm having to get to know her through photos and other people's experiences, having to make decisions all on my own and not trusting myself the way you would your parent. Oh. Well, ask me some advice. I fucking have plenty to say about everything, so let me know what you think. <laughs> I'll let you know what I think. Let me know what your question is. Uh, I'm old. Let me know your... Uh, I'm older than you. Let me know your question. And we'll put it out... You know what we'll do? We'll put it out to the to the audience and see what they think, because I'm sure they're on your side. Not trusting myself the way you would your parent. So just make sure your daughter knows exactly who you are and how you feel about life and especially her. And no matter what happens or when, she'll always know. Woman, you are, you're, uh, I have deep affection for you. And I'm, I'm really grateful that you invested yourself in doing this. And if you want to leave a review for the podcast, <laughs> just kidding. This is, I'm, I'm so touched by this that you, that you took the time to do this. And no matter what happens or when, she'll always know. I hope that makes some sense and is somewhat helpful. Yes, it's super helpful. But it does sound like you're doing a good job with your daughter and having the right perspective about it. Thank you. And she says, thank you so much. Uh, hope to see you at a show soon. That is uh, incredible. It's very, I'm touched. I'm honestly touched by your generosity and in taking the time to write that out for me and offer your your advice. Don't take don't take for granted that she knows anything about me. What is the It's all of it. I'm I'm like sitting here like what is the most important? It's fucking all of it. You wish you could have someone call ask for advice. You wish you knew the person who created you better right? It's all of that stuff. Here's a question for you. And I've, I've asked people earlier on in the podcast iteration, this question, and got some really great answers. So I used to say, do you think, would you want to read your mom's or your, and this goes for anybody who's lost a parent, would you want to read their uh, journals or their free writings or their joke books? Like, I mean, like, I'm talking about real honest, not like, and by the way, I killed a drifter, honest, but like, honest, you know, when you're writing to get through things and you feel vulnerable and insecure and maybe full of self-loathing, would you want to read that as well? Or would you like to remember the person the way they are? Also... Since I've talked about what you, what I, because I have tons of journals and morning pages and stuff where it's not always the most like dad's got everything on lock, but it shows my humanity, I think, but it's still not like dad's got everything on lock. What I don't want to do is have her think one thing and then read this shit and say, oh God, what a fucking faker he was. But you would say, trust her to know the truth. I don't know. What are your thoughts about keeping journals and morning pages and all that stuff and for that matter should I in my affairs right because I'm going to do this podcast 
until I die. I've made that pledge here and will continue to do so. Should I make uh, some remark in my affairs that when I pass, the podcast should be deleted? Not for you, the listener, but for my, for my daughter. And I'm asking now for people. You know what? You don't even have to have lost a parent. You could be out. You could have parents you get along with perfectly that you maybe want to fucking know better. You could have parents you're out of touch with. What are your thoughts? Should like, if your parent passed, would you want to listen to all this bullshit? And it's really not about me. It's about you, and you thinking about my daughter. Okay, so let me know that. But. Uh, Writer, I'm 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 so I'm so grateful that you took the time to write that, and uh, I I hope to hear back from you about your relationship with your mom, and if you have any thoughts about like journals or morning pages, and should I keep the podcast or the podcast stay alive uh, after after I am not? That's for your consideration. So thank you very much. Write to the podcast yesjoesmith at gmail dot com. Uh, Instagram messages get overwhelming, so the email is best. Uh, very briefly, not very briefly, in the to close, I would like to let you know that we heard from 15 underscore versus underscore 15. How about that? And you know what 15 said in his review? New listeners, uh, You'll figure out who 15 underscore versus underscore 15 is. He is someone who communicates to the podcast through his reviews. I don't know who he is, but he is my favorite listener. Uh, And he wrote, and he always leaves a five-star review. He says, Dear Mr. Host, that was fantastic advice you gave to the new comic that wrote in. You are not only getting your act together, you are helping others get their act together too. I hope you had a great weekend at Punchline. Thank you very much. Please tell your wife and daughter one five said hi, and I hope they are well. This is what a, what a, what a sweetheart. And then he says to late night commuter, and again, new listeners, late night commuter we refer, we refer to as Ellen C. Uh, we miss you, he says to late night commuter. We miss you. How are you? Thanks for what you do, Mr. Host. Well, you're welcome, 15. And, and thanks to you, times 100, for all your love and support. But yeah, late night, LNC, where have you been? 15, I don't want to say you've been immortalized, but 15 underscore versus underscore 15 is wondering where you've been, as have I. And I believe in one of your last uh, emails, you mentioned... You know, things had been fucking depressing, right? Uh, Roe versus Wade being overturned, women aren't shit and all that, that the world vibe is sending you. But we love you. 15 loves you. I love you. The audience loves you. So at least let us know. And also fucking Germans out there, let us know. <laughs> but LNC, we we care about you. So let us know what's going on with you. It doesn't have to be a long email I don't want we don't want to take your time but I just want to be able to say next time hey 15 LNC checked in and she said she's just been busy at work and uh, that's that so thank you all so much for listening 
it uh you know they're not always just podcasts about surviving your parents but i i mean this woman who wrote in i'm so grateful for that i can't just be like oh yeah cool bro i'll just the you know get to that in a few weeks while i riff on some jokes about um you know my virginity rocks so thank you so much for listening i really appreciate it this is the getting my act together podcast it is hosted by myself and the sound that you hear at the very beginning is from brent star who is closing out limerick junction tonight august 6th and 6th august 16th and i hope to see you there have a great week